Dybala! He is something else. Di Lorenzo, and still Di Lorenzo! The captain brings the house down. Pantelopea champions once again, but the 33-year wait will now officially come to an end. And welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast for your couch show to go. I'm Frank Cravello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. <laughs> Ciao, Frank. How are you? Oh. Uh, we're, we're we're dealing with some uh, some technical issues. We're uh, we were we, we actually we were scheduled to start at nine fifteen east, and it's just my own life schedule. Son had a basketball game at a school that was about forty minutes from our house, and just trying to white knuckle it back in time and get my notes ready and all of that other stuff. And uh, so we decided to start a little late and then Richard's having problems, you know, and then just now as we're trying to do the uh, minute countdown, um, <laughs> I get booted. <laughs> so I have to come back in. We may not finish this podcast tonight, guys. Just yeah. telling you right now, just giving you fair warning. We may not, we may not get this thing done. So, but we're going to go down with the ship. How you been, man? I've been good. I've been good. Uh, fired up. Obviously, the internet's a little fired up from what happened at Udinese, I guess. So that's why we're having all issues this weekend. They know we're going to be fired up tonight. Uh, but no, I've been good overall. Uh, can't complain. Uh, good calcio. Uh, weather's been good. We've had some snow over the weekend. And uh, yeah. yeah, now it's just uh, trying to get back into the, It's supposed to be 60s this week now. So it's just up and down, up and down. So, But otherwise, I'm good. I can't complain. Yeah. Yeah, all of the mountain of snow we got is just going to all melt around us over here the next over two or three days. That's yeah. going to be fun for everybody involved. Yes, Anthony, I didn't give the hamster enough cheese today, so I think that's what the problem is. So um, <laughs> these things happen. So these happen. Uh, these things definitely happen. So uh, you know, a bit of an abbreviated match week twenty one slate. So we'll, you know, thanks to the uh, Super Copa, we'll talk about that. Won't spend a lot of time on it. And Inter fans, don't don't be like, oh, you're Milan fans. You don't want to talk about it. No, we just don't really pay a whole lot of attention to the Supercopa. Yeah. Um, we just we recognize the winner. We congratulate them. We talk a little bit about the game, and then we get on with our lives. Unfortunately, um, some idiot behavior going on at uh, at the Dacia Arena um, on Saturday that we're going to have to address and have a conversation about. Um, we will talk about all the games that did happen in match week 21. We do have to talk about Daniele Rossi and his debut at Roma. Yeah. Uh, Milan fighting through all that crap uh, to find a way find a way to win. Um, and, uh, and 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 Simon Zerkowski might have more goals uh, than the rest of Empoli combined, and he's only played there for about oh what 180 minutes maybe. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Uh, so there's uh, lots to talk about. Uh, we will run down as we're getting as we're winding down. I believe we've got up until February first on the transfer front, so we've got another oh nine days or so uh, as that winds down. Uh, some 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 news going on there. We'll run. We'll do the rundown through uh, Nicolo Skira's uh, or is it Shira? Is it Shira or Skira? You know, I I feel like S C H is 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 S K sound. Um, shame on me. I'm Italian. I should know this, um, but. Um, uh, I, I, I've been pronouncing it as Skira, so if it's if it's if it's wrong, then tell me and correct me. Go through gut. Um, go through. Go gut. with my gut. Okay, and then uh, we will uh, finish it all off with the world's most popular hashtag game: Who won Calcio Twitter? So, Richard, we'll start with the Supercopa Inter winning the Supercopa. Uh, I mean, the big events that happened here: the uh, Giovanni Simeone red card. Uh, which was a second yellow. First yellow was was kind of idiotic on his part. 
um, which which puts him at risk, obviously. He gets sent off, and then the winner from Lotaro Martinez, very late in the game for Inter to win the Supercopa. I believe this is the fifth time that Simone Inzaghi has won this event. Um, you know, and this was the first time it was a, uh, a you know, they did it as a four-team elimination format, and it's always been just, you know, traditional uh, Scudetto winner versus uh, Coppa Italia winner. Um, but uh, what were your thoughts on the game? You know, um, well, first off, did anybody actually watch the game or the games? I mean, first of all, I know it's Saudi Arabia. Not many people watch the games, and I don't yeah. think many any people anywhere else would. It just is. This is one of these tournaments that nobody likes. It was better to watch, worth watching when it was just a one game off. Uh, you know, the the league champion versus the cup champion. Um, but we didn't get that this year. We got a, we got a new format, which they want to try out, make it a little different. They got some other teams involved, which hey, it's cool. I get it. But I think overall, it, it was okay. And they're stuck with it for a few years, if I don't, if, if I'm not mistaken. It's all about the money. It's all about the money, right? So yeah, I, I get that game overall. It was it was okay. I mean, Inter were always going to win the game. Um, they were on a mission from the beginning. You saw how they thrashed Lazio in the semifinals. Um, they were always in it to win it. Inter, or excuse me, Napoli had no chance really. Um, they've been struggling as of late, especially under Mazzari or all season long, right? Even Rudy Garcia. But it just Inter had it had difficulties, right? It took them a while to they finally get the goal, and of course, you know the you know the their best player Lautaro Martinez stepped up, gets the goal, and gets the win. But um, I think uh, overall, it's just a, it's an okay performance. I don't necessarily think it's a um, a great advertising for city yeah not that because the inter inter won they're, they're they're the best team in arguably europe um but i just think these tournaments especially when it's overseas like it is i'm not a fan of it uh and so yeah what were your thoughts on, on the match and the whole tournament i i wasn't i you know, I, I just wasn't enthused i mean i i i'm 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 all for what every other league seemingly around the world does you know, play the champion against the cup winner as your curtain raiser for the season. Do it in August, okay? Yeah. You know, no one gives a shit in January, and no one gives a shit in August. Just do it in August and get out of the way and don't have it be an interruption on the season because now you're throwing in these extra games and you're making Interplay a couple more couple more games now. You're making Napoli play a couple more games now. And mind you, these teams in Champions League. And you're making Juventus feel like they're top of the league, even though they have a game right. in hand. <laughs> right. So, you know, so that's just my take on it. I, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, and some people will probably say, well, Milan wasn't in it. Well, you didn't like it. No, I, I just, I don't, I don't see what this does for moving the needle no. for making Serie A uh, and Lega Calcio marketable. I don't, I, you know, they're trying something that I just don't think works. Anthony makes an interesting point. Have this, have the Supercopa in North America. Sure, do it. I mean, you want to do a four-team thing? Do it in August. Bring them over here. Yeah. Okay. You know, Charlie Spilitano and Relevant Sports should be getting on this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And say, hey, have this thing in August. Bring your four teams here. We can have it in, you know, New York and hell, New York, Boston, Toronto. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to fly that far. You, those are three metropolises of heavily populated, you know, heavily populated by Italians. Okay, that will come to the games, um, and uh, and and then just you know and just do it that way. The fact checker's here, and and he's but this time he's with us on this one. Ahmed, good to see you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I think 
that Super Cups, Super Cup competition should just be curtain raisers for the beginning of the season. Um, that's the tradition. It's just the best way without creating fixture congestion for the players and the teams. You know, at some point, you know, you've got a way. Uh, okay, I understand profitability is very, very important, but so is players' well-being too. So, if you really want this, and, and I'm curious what your thoughts on this. If you really want this to be something, well, first of all, the Coppa Italia is nothing that does draws like other league cups, right? It needs to be elevated in the status of like, oh, the, you know how good this trophy is, how beautiful it's a beautiful trophy. We need to take it more seriously as a as a um, Italian league. Second, though, if you want to make the Supercopa a real thing that makes everyone uh, really want it and make it get both teams at their best. Do it at the very end. Yes, it's going to suck, right? But you do it at the end of the season, after the league's over, after Champions League over, after Coppa Italia is over. Then you do the Coppa Italia winner versus the league winner, assuming they're different winners, and have them go head to head. So that way, both teams are in, in in form. They're end of the season. Let them play winner and gets you know the, uh, another trophy or whatever. Right yeah. now, it's just a, it's just a friendly trophy. Those friendly Berlusconi trophies that we've had we've seen over the years as Milan fans is like meaningless trophies just to stack the the trophy case to say, hey, I have. 90,000 90, uh, trophies in my trophy case, which uh, 85,000 were useless or whatever, you know. So it's uh, yeah, it's just one of those tournaments that I can't get behind at the moment, and it's gonna be wild. But yeah, we need the money, like Ahmed said. It's no doubt about it. We're we are not like the Premier League or um, well, the Premier League. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, um, but let's let's let let's put the, let's put the attention here on Simone Inzaghi because he has won this competition, I believe, with both Lazio and Inter. He's won Coppa Italia with both Lazio and Inter. He's gotten Inter to the Champions League final. Um, you know, he took a... He, he can be credited with taking it when Lazio were in the Champions League under his watch. They were very below strength with a myriad of injuries uh, and did well to get them to qualify for the knockout rounds. They ended up going out to Bayern that year. Um you know, Inzaghi has won eight out of nine cup finals in his career. A, one thing that's probably not being talked about in the world football conversation, in the European football conversation that probably should be, is recognizing um, and putting some respect to the name of Simone Inzaghi and his performances in cups. He is arguably, you know, one of the best cup managers uh, European and world football have seen in the last 25 years. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, we've, we've been saying this for a long time about Inzaghi. I'm going to take a, I'm going to quote uh, a dear friend of ours, Nima, uh, who also, you know, when he was at Lazio, being Inzaghi, not, not Nima, um, he would say, Inzaghi is the next great Italian manager. Uh, no. And he, he even said it the other, even tweeted the other day, the next great Italian manager. No, he is the current great Italian manager. Uh, and he is one of the great, Itali or the great managerial minds. There was a great picture Man, I want to say like three years ago, and it was a picture of Allegri, Zidane, uh, Ancelotti, and maybe Pep or Mourinho. I forget what the four people were. Now you can throw Inzaghi's name in there. He yeah. is, uh, you can see, he, how many cups has he won um, in, in in the domestic league? He is a cup merchant. He's good in not only Coppa Italia tournaments, he's good in, in, in European formats, uh, as we saw in Champions League going to the finals last year. He is the... He is the best current Italian manager uh, in the world, um, and he knows how to get it in the tournaments done. You know, some of these other managers have done in the past, and, you know, no no discredit to Conte, because I think Conte is fantastic, <clears throat> what he did with the Azzurri and with, you know, in, domestically. 
but Inzaghi is doing it on the tournaments. So that's where you really get your bread and butter. That's why, that's why we hold Ancelotti so high because he knows how to do it in the limelight when Champions League or uh, when the lights are really on him versus just doing it in the league, right? Um, everyone yeah. wants to go uh, uh, go on on about about uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. And no disrespect to him, I think he's one of the fantastic managers ever. But he got 21 league titles, whatever he has. But how many Champions Leagues does he have? Well, one, right? And yeah. then you look at Ancelotti, he has five Champions League titles. And so I, I think Inzaghi should be held in higher regard. He is absolutely one of the best managers currently in the world, not just in Italy. And uh, he needs a lot more, you know, more notoriety for sure. And I think the only way, unfortunately, for him is if he wins the Champions League. Um, yeah. Get to know the final's not going to do it. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard-pressed unless it's a that or go to like uh, uh, one of the big, big teams in the world and win something there. But, uh, you know, we all understand him. We don't we don't underrate him. We think he's he's a fantastic manager, the best, probably arguably the best in the league, arguably the best in the world. And it's unfortunate that he doesn't get the recognition that he should. You look at the I mean, and, and then on top of it, you look at the how he's managed this team this season. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. There's not a significant player that's gotten injured and has been out for a lengthy period of time. Um, you know, they've they've been able to play their regular. I mean, if there's anything that might come back to haunt them, is might be the continued reliance on the same collection of guys. It'll be interesting to see what this team looks like in March and April if they're struggling to get to the finish line or if the fitness and the training is just so good that they can withstand it. So that's going to be interesting over there because when you yeah. look at there's not an intense amount of rotation with Inter, um, you know, that you would normally see. I mean, they, they've done it in some, I think, some Coppa Italia games and, you know, late on when they had already qualified for the next round of the Champions League, but that's it. It's not like they – you know, he, he plays his best lineups possible every game, game in and game out in the league. Um, and, you know, now coming to, you know, in the, now with the cup matches, when it's on the line and it matters, he's going to play his best possible teams there too. He's, he is, he's in that conversation. Ancelotti's in that, you know, obviously in that conversation. I think, you know, for as much as we can dog him and for what, you know, he's become, Mourinho still has a hell of a legacy as a manager sure. in, in, in terms and, and in cup competitions too. Yeah. You know, I think Chelsea fans will disagree because he never brought, he never brought them the champions league. You know, other managers did Di Matteo and, and uh, Tuchel um, yeah. did, but um, uh, you have to, uh, and then, you know, Guardiola, you know, took him forever to get it over the land in Manchester city you know, had arguably as good a team at Bayern Munich and couldn't get it done there. Obviously, his Barcelona teams were among the greatest of all time. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah, Inzaghi, I think, is getting to the point where he deserves to be in that name. And I think he winning a Champions League, I'll say this, even though it's not a cup, winning a Scudetto, if he can, if he can get this over the line with, I mean, Juventus breathing down their neck, um, I think they deserve that. Yeah. Um, so Inzaghi, at least with some of the Chelsea fans I talked to, is becoming the first name on the lips as a possible next manager. Yeah, I mean, okay, there you go, yeah. there you go. I mean, it's it, you're you're he's being watched. Then that's a good. That's you know that's an obviously positive thing. Yeah, hundred percent. So hundred <laughs> percent. Moving on from excellence to idiocy. Uh, <laughs> so the Udinese Milan game was interrupted for. 
uh, roughly five minutes or so as a result of what turned out to be uh, racist chants from uh, one, maybe more than one Udinese Ultra in the direction of Mike Mignon. Uh, Mignon heard it, was shouting to his bench that it was going on, and then later went up to the referee and was explaining after the loft, his cheek goal was going up to the referee and was explaining that it was going on. Uh, the game was going on. Nothing was being done about it. So then on one of the next stoppages, Mignon just said, I'm, I'm walking off the pitch. I'm not playing. Um, you know, and uh, you scenes of him taking his gloves off, heading to the dressing room. Teo, you know, trying to run him down, trying to find out what's going on. The Milan, Milan were, players were leaving with him uh, in solidarity, which, which was a great sight to see. And I think the Udinese players, you know, started to get in that direction too. And then the consensus came. You know, I, I don't know exactly the words that were all exchanged between the players, but I would imagine the consensus was, look, don't let those guys get the better of you. Let's get back out here and play this game. Um, you know, and let's let authorities figure out who it is so that you'll never be at a football match again. Um, so uh, it continues to be disgusting that we have to deal with these kind of things and that these things still turn up at football matches, uh, you know, on, especially on the peninsula. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting tired of talking about it. It's it's a recurring thing, and I've lost all hope in the FIGC. So you know, the one game, you know, ban behind closed doors, whatever. I I, I never expected anything you know better from them. Um, my big great disappointment is, and I think Magnon kind of touched upon it, was that the teams need to do better. Mm-hmm. Why is it? Why is why is the racism handled so well? At least better than it is in, in England. Or than better than Italy, because in England the teams take it seriously and they ban people for life, multiple people. Um, the the owner for I think it was the owner for Udinese. He's part of the problem because what was his comments? Oh, it was just like two or three people. It's like no, no, fuck off. It was a group of people in the curva. Not saying it was the whole curva, and it wasn't the whole right. crowd. It was not the whole crowd, but it was a group of people. Don't just say it's two or three people and try to downplay this thing. Uh, Udinese also. On their, tw- on their Twitter, instead of saying, oh, stoppage of play because of a racist incident, which would have been perfect what you would have said there, call it out to everybody. They said, oh, it's a stoppage of play. That's all it is for yeah. five minutes. That's all it said. It's like, either there is there culpable of this. Every team in City is culpable of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been teams that have been on the forefront of it, but you know every team has these issues with their fans. Um, and I'm getting tired of it. And it's it, you know you have to screw the league because the league's not going to do shit. They're, they're, t- they're a bunch of old boys who just don't know how to change. Uh, they're never going to get it unless you, you you swap out the old and bring it bring us some new bodies in there. But the teams have to do better. They have to start enforcing these things, um, as they do in England. You do multiple, ba- dude. Just take all the, all the footage. There's so much camera footage these days. How can you not spot the? How can you not spot it? all the phones, all the cameras in the stadium? How are you? Can you not spot this out? Um, and I'm also tired of these, you know, these groups like, and I, I'm going to call it Inter in this one, but it's, it's every team has this, where the in, the Inter ultras are like, oh, you don't understand us. We're just, you know, chastising the, uh, 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 the opponents. No, you're fucking being racist. That's what it is. So shut the fuck up. And I'm tired of this shit. And they need to ban all these motherfuckers. And, and that's always going to teach them. Ban them all in, in group forever and let them learn their lesson. Yeah, they'll probably find a way to sneak in. So be it. But you keep you keep finding a way to, to ban them. This has worked very well in England. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm sure you know Apex and you know Uncle Sharma, if he was on, he would tell you as well. Italy has a long way to go, and they, it's the only way they can have any kind of movement on this needle is if they start doing that. The teams individually, screw the league. The league is league's league is lost. Uh, they're yeah. a joke. They're a joke. So I, I'm just pissed off about this whole thing. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just tired of it. Not You're just because I'm just fired up. 
so I, 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 you know, I'm with you. The, the teams need to need to take responsibility and do something. You know, um, so the 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 punishment is that they, they identified one fan banned for life, and then they uh, have asked Udinese their next home match. They have to play it behind closed doors, no fans. Um, you know, coming back to you know, well, you know, you don't understand us. Is you know that sort of thing. I said. Even if you're trying to be funny or if you're trying to be humorous, if you're trying to have some kind of sarcasm or if it's a slapstick thing that you're trying to attempt, okay, what you're basically doing, okay, what you're basically doing is the equivalent of going to an airport, getting ready to board flight, and getting ready to go through the TSA and telling a security guard that you're carrying an explosive, okay? You know, I mean, that's really what it is. You're going to just, you're going to create, it's, it's going to create an uproar. Okay. Um, how do you feel about the punishment that's been meted out? I, I think the fan got what he deserved. Uh, but Udinese just having to do one game behind closed doors. What did you think of that? It, it's hard because two, two things. One, you don't want to punish the team because the team didn't do anything. I mean, they should have done more. The, the team, not the players, but the team could have done more but the players did nothing wrong right the players did nothing wrong and they and to their credit they did come off the pitch with milan you know eventually and, and you know they kind of uh, sat in solidarity with them and two you don't want to punish the fans necessarily because there, there were a lot of fans that didn't do anything there they were just cheering their home their home team um so one game behind closed doors is fine um i think what a proper league should do is fine the the club um, make it make it hurt there because the club again needs to put more pressure and handle more of this stuff. Yes, they're gonna ultimately say no. It's the, FIC, it's the league; it should be doing something. But no, it's like the team. You handle your resources. If you want your, you want a CYA, you know, making sure that your product is the best that it can be. You go out and you find these culprits. I can't imagine oh, it's only one person. It's got to be right. a group of people. You find all of them and you ban them. Set the tone. Every team needs to do this, not just Udinese. And Udinese mm -hmm. is not a fault. I mean, they, they have some great fans, but it's what the league did, it is what it is. I don't know what more they could have done. Again, because I don't want to be punishing people who don't deserve it, like the players and, and, the, and the fans. Uh, but the team needs to step up and do more. And, and the one ban the one person for their life, that's the start. There's, there's got to be a lot more. I, I would I'd rather them say they banned, you know, 50 people or something like that, or 25 people or whatever it was, whatever the number was. I don't know what the number was, you know. Um, and ban those people for life, uh, and it has to be consistent through every team, everywhere sure. uh, in in city. Yeah, so and, and Italy in general. So, so you you have a lot of my ideas here. I mean, you know, the, the the one game behind closed doors. Okay, I think that fans will ultimately be able to live with it. I mean, I I, I worry, or I'm no, I shouldn't say worry. Um, the fan, the kid that's been an Udinese supporter and that next home game was supposed to be the first game he was going to go to with his dad and now can't go because an can't idiot. go because idiots. of the behavior of some idiots. Exactly. You know, um, you know, it's, it's like the, uh, you know, it's like the teacher making the whole class stay in from recess because one kid was an asshole. Okay. It's, it's pretty much, it's pretty much what that It's pretty much what this is. Yeah. So, um, I can accept it. Uh, I'm with you though, that I think, you know, 
punishing the club in some fashion via a fine. And if you're supporting a club and you're passionate about a club, you don't want to see them get fined. No. Okay. Um, maybe set limits on transfers, uh, dock points. Um, you know, something that something that is going to get the attention of the the fans. I mean, if you want to support your team in an Udinese's case, if you don't want them to get relegated, then don't go engaging in racist behavior that will ultimately be reviewed and say, okay, the club is being docked three points because their fans can't stay under control. And now uh, the argument always will always be, and it has been in the past when that's been brought up, is that, oh, the uh, the opposition fans were going to dress up in uniform of the uh, opposition and, and start doing the chance so that their other teams... It's a slippery get, slope. Know. It's a slippery yep. slope. And that's why I think, you know, a fine, a heavy fine to the team will force the team to say, you know what? We're going to be on the forefront of this and start banning people. Uh, that's the best way to do it because we don't want to get fined ourselves. And so it's, it's a watchful process you know, between the league and the teams. It's Like I said, to me, from the outside, looking in into the Premier League, this is one thing they do exceptional compared to City A. And I think mm-hmm. we need to take note of that. Um, I, I know a friend of ours, a um, bag full of toffee, you know, talked about Everton doing the same thing and how Milan kind of supported them in 20, 2019 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so... England does this well. We need we need to improve in this. And like Vincent says, it's 2024. We shouldn't be having to talk about this, but we are. Your lights went out. Yeah, I know. It's just I'm setting the mood. <laughs> I'm dark. I'm dark tonight, man. <laughs> Not sure about the choice of words, considering the topic that we're on. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. So, uh, anyway, um, you know. But then as, as we continue to have these incidents, there's a part of me that just believes that nobody's going to have the right answer for everybody. You know, you know you're going to do something, but somebody is still not going to be satisfied. Yep. You know, that's, that's, that's the other part of this. Um, uh, people need to be forced to learn why racism is bad in addition to the lifetime ban. Yeah. Um, I'm old, you know, just mr mackey from south park all of a sudden racism is bad <laughs> so apex says look in premier league they do everything so quickly that after the game when the incident has occurred they even send those to people to jail for some time like say you know in premier league they act quickly and, and said yeah this is like eh, we'll get to it eventually we're, we're in a siesta right now you know i mean mandatory mandatory class sessions or some some sort of sense that you know sensitivity training do you have faith in the country or the league that they would do that? If they, if, no, you know, absolutely not. It's a great idea, but I don't think that the league has the backbone, the spine to do something right. like that. Right. I, it's a great I idea, agree. But... I agree. So I, I, you know, I don't, I don't see. Well, it's a good idea. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, you know, but I don't think at the same time, I don't think anyone is ever going to have the perfect answer for no. the problem. No. Um, you know. You're always going to have somebody try to do something, but I mean, you know, would be enough becomes the question. So, um, it's, uh, it's one that we're going to continue to fight. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, the Udinese, uh, there's a general manager and I can't remember. Is it Balzaretti? Was that who it was? Uh, uh, was his name? Uh, you know, had a statement after the game. So at least, you know, you got to give him some credit for trying to get in front of it. Um, yeah, but know. he's the one. I think he's the one who said it's only it was two or three people. And I'm like, and like, you have to be more choiceful in your words, what you say. What he said could have been better. What the club 
did, you know, with social media oh, that part, been better, yeah. you know, part, yeah. but I do, I do like that. He went out and said something that, you know, how long have we seen that in the past with, you know, with Cagliari incidents or whatever, in, any incidents you want to talk about in the past, it just usually took a time for the, the club officially, you know, notified or said something about it. So Udinese mm-hmm. did try to do, do something on the, uh, on the positive about that, but it was not enough in my opinion. Agreed. Well, until we, until the next one comes up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's uh, shift the I focus like back to the Cal- let's fo- shift the focus back to the Calcio Richard and tell us all what happened over match week twenty one. I will do my best, Frank. I will do my best. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. So uh, we'll start it off. Let's just start off with that game. Uh, Udinese hosting Milan. Uh, interesting game. Milan wins 3-2 in dramatic fashion, obviously. Uh, Rublev Sashik continues his goal-scoring ways uh, set up by Leao. Uh, wonderful put a put away uh, there with his uh, right foot there. one nothing, and then minutes later, that's when the stoppages happened. Took about a five-minute break. They came back from the break. Uh, Samarcic had a nice goal in the 42nd minute to make it 1-1. We go into the break by that scoreline. After the break, uh, some horrid defending, uh, defending, defending by defending, huh? defending, defending by Teo and Reinders uh, led to Tovan getting his goal past Magnon in the 62nd minute. But Milan would start their comeback. Then a goal through uh, uh, Luka Jovic uh, off the getting the goal off the goal line really from uh, Giroud. Uh, in the 60 in the 63rd or excuse me 83rd and then Okafor coming off the bench uh in stoppage time to get in the winner Milan win 3-2 deserved win I think um in the grand scheme of things if you're looking at it uh Roma Daniela De Rossi's uh debut as manager for Roma against Verona a tough game but they started out quite well uh wonderful counterattack uh um, Stefano Sharawi just doing wonderful things on the counterattack Fiz Lukaku gets the goal Goal we candidate for me, just by wonderful slick moves by um, El Sharawi there to set up Lukaku. Uh, then Pellegrini yeah. got a nice great goal there in the 25th minute to make it 2-0. Constellation goal by um, uh, by Verona in the 76th minute, but uh, all for not. Daniela De Rossi gets his first win under for as Roma manager. Uh, good to it see that. Nice, there. It was a nice goal by Polarincha, by the way. Yeah, you know, it, it, it certainly was. Nice, nice constellation goal. Uh, moving on to Sunday, we had Frozenone hosting Cagliari, a relegation six-pointer. One we, you know, Frozenone didn't think they would be in the mix, but they certainly are. Uh, but goal scoring started with start in the uh, by the visitors. Cagliari, uh, Suleimani, a nice goal. Uh, the 20-year-old gets a goal in the 26th minute. Uh, looked like Cagliari were going to do what they've been doing, you know, so far this season. However, Frozenone finally kicked it on. Uh, Mazzatelli got the goal in the 64th minute. Sule with a goal of the week candidate in the 75th, a wonderful free kick. Oh, sensational. He's good. He's good at the three set pieces. And then mm-hmm. in stoppage time, Cow George uh, made it 3-1. to one. Uh, Good win there by Frozinone. Moving on to uh, a shock, I guess. I can call it shock. Eboli wins 3-0 against Monza. Uh, Zerkowski gets a hat trick in this one. The goal in the 13th minute, goal of the week candidate. Uh, goal in the 38th minute, a header, and then the 73rd minute, uses his other foot instead. So he uses his left foot, right foot, and his head for all three goals. Three goals in the 73-minute span. Uh, Monza, they're coming back to life really quickly, Frank. Uh, they've been stumbling over the last... It seems like they're on vacation mode. Uh, but a nice win, and Zerkowski had four goals in his first two games. Uh, he's on fire. Is he the new Lewandowski, uh, the new Polish Lewandowski there? We'll find out. Uh, moving on, Salernitana hosting Genoa. Uh, a game that had a lot of goals early on um, Martegani with a goal of the week candidate there in the second minute for Salernitana wonderful mm-hmm. team goal by Salernitana just passing all the way through uh, he gets a nice goal there 
Uh, Retegi in the 13th minute. Nice finish by him in the 13th to make it 1-1. Uh, game will continue on by that scoreline into the second half. We would get a penalty. Uh, it was a handball by um, a Natana, um defender. I think it was Elbow. Uh, and then Goodmanson would step up and get the penalty. 2-1. Jetta will win. Uh, nice win for them on the road. More points for them to you know help them in their in their bid to stay up in Serie A. Moving on to Lecce hosting Juventus. This game always could have been tricky for Juventus, and it was for a good portion of the game. Game was very tight. Uh, Lecce made it difficult for Juventus, but uh, eventually they would break through uh, through Vlahovic in the 59th and the 68th minute. Made it 2-0. Bremer would get a consolation goal or an, another goal in the 85th minute. Juve wins 3-0. Ultimately, they, they got the job done uh, fairly comfortably against, against Lecce. Uh, and then uh, that is... I think that's all the games, right? There were some, yeah. uh, obviously, Supercopa games and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's a, an abbreviated weekend of sorts. And so where do you want to start on this one? Well, we'll get to De Rossi's debut in a minute. I just wanted to just look at Salernitana. Um, in their last five games uh, here in the league, uh, out of a possible 15 points they've had, they have four. Mm. They had the lead in all of them. Um, so, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit last week. Uh, this is a team that reasonably could be on 20, 21 points right now and sitting 14th. That's why I still think they have the ability to work their way out of this. But, man, the gap keeps getting bigger. Yeah. And that's got to be concerning, um, you know, for people in Zaghi and his guys, uh, you know, that this continues to happen. So, you know, at some point, psychologically, you're going to wonder when that win comes that you're going to just be able to see out over 90 minutes. Uh, and, and that just, you know, hasn't happened. That's something I'm just going to continue to keep an eye on. I think they've got the chops to get out of this thing. Um, but they are running out of – they're going to be running out of games. They're going to be running out of opportunities. Um, and then, um, as you know, Nate, that's a big win for Di Francesco to keep his house there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, over Cagliari. Uh, I should tell you, by the way, I finally got into the uh, bet streets here in Serie A this season, and okay. uh, I had a three-team parlay for goals. I had Roma over one and a half, Cagliari over a half, and Juventus over a half, which I think I was getting plus one fifty-eight for. So, which is basically win a bet a hundred to win one hundred and fifty-eight bucks. Okay. Um, I I bet fifty to win 75, 76, 77, something like that. And then the other one was Roma to win and Juventus to win was plus 138 for some reason. And I was like, Lisi and I were messaging back and forth. And I'm like, this is a joke. <laughs> so, so you're telling me this episode of City I Sit Down is sponsored by Frank Ravillo? No, 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 no. I, 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 you know, I got a nice, I, I just, I got a nice little, had a nice okay, little, okay. you know, got a nice little pay over the weekend. And I thought I might I'd be taking a look at, I might be taking a look at some, uh, we might take a look at some props here. Uh, when we take a look at next, we might try to squeeze that in and just try to get a few ideas and see what might be jumping out. So, so anyway, no, it was good, good to get on the betting streets and just trying to, you know. And Lacey's been doing really well with that stuff, by the way. So, mm. um, but anyway, so, uh, so you know, we talked about Salernitana, and talked about Fidanzinoni, uh, De Rossi. I mean, I think Roma played more relieved. Um, yeah. I think when you know, and you just kind of looked at it in their posture and their attitude. And in their body language, they they look like a different team. They didn't look like a team that was going to just go out and all of a sudden dominate people. They're yeah. still not without their flaws, um, but they looked the most. That's the most comfortable I've seen Roma look in a month, um, and they're still right in the middle of this thing for top four. 
Um, so it's not out of the question for them. Um, so, you know, good start for DeRossi gets it, get it out, gets it on the right foot is playing a, you know, but, but that's the other thing that you have to do. You've got to beat a Verona team that is really in flux and in transition. They're losing, you know, all of this mass exodus of guys who have been leaving in January. You know, they're starting to recruit some players that we don't know about. We're going to learn about, um, you know, whether they're good enough to help them stay up is going to be another story. Um, but uh, nonetheless, you, you take advantage of that situation, which, which they certainly did. And, yeah, I mean, Pellegrini, did Rossi did what Mourinho wouldn't do. Did Rossi started Pellegrini and gave you that playmaking problem through the midfield that we talked about. Yep. Uh, wasn't there against Milan and made Roma predictable. So now you get Pellegrini in the mix that can add some playmaking and creativity through the midfield. You're not just relying on the wing backs, and there's a little bit more variety to what they're doing. And they looked, and like I said, they, they looked a lot. They looked as comf- they looked the most comfortable that they've looked in the month. Yeah, and so. I think this is going to set up perfectly for De Rossi. I think that the, the the time they made that that move was perfect because obviously that game against Verona. Then they got Salernitana and Cagliari coming up before they go to, to the big first challenge for De Rossi against Inter. That's everyone's big challenge this year. Uh, and so he's got a couple a couple weeks to, or th- three weeks to build the confidence on this team. Really trying to figure out what his team is uh, under him. Um, obviously, we're going to see a uh, more Pellegrini, which is what we need. Pellegrini is a fantastic player. He can he can only improve uh, with more pitch time, obviously. And then under De Rossi, hopefully he can take not only the captaincy to an, uh, the next level, but take this team to the next level. Um, I would love to see you know in a month or month month and a half time with everybody healthy what this team will look like. Are they going to continue to attack? Because I mean. I love seeing that that counterattack with El Sharawi and Lukaku going down there and getting that goal against Verona that was fantastically yep. done. Um, maybe we'll see more El Sharawi again some time in this too as well, right? And then Paulo Dybala and 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 some of these other playmakers on this team uh, get involved in the attack. I think what we've been starving for. Yes, this Roma team has been playing well under Mourinho, no doubt about it. But offensively, we haven't always seen the potential that was there. We you know they have playmakers on their team. We haven't seen him with the with the reins unleashed, and we caught we caught a, a glimpse of that against Verona. Let's see, he's got a couple more weeks now to kind of fine tune it and really get these guys all motivated. And then when we go against Inter, anything is possible, right? Inter could be on uh, on a on a bad day that who knows. Um, so let's see what happens. But uh, I'm excited to see where De Rossi takes it. It's he's gonna be a, your rah rah coach, no doubt about it. We've already seen you know some of the glimpses of the the speeches he's done with his club in the in, in the locker room. Um, and you always he's always been that fiery leader he always has been that's that's part yeah. of his mo how he develops as a tactician will be always you know get my eye and i mentioned this last week gattuso is very similar for, you know in a similar vein um, how they do um you can rah rah all the all, all you want but you have to get it right tactically so far so good for de Rossi, and i'm excited to see where this where this takes roma i'm just not gonna overreact because it was a, a weekend uh hell i said on a team um, it looks like they're going to have a friendly with El Shabab tomorrow. Looks like. Oh, uh, must get money, huh? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> but then they go to a Salernitana team, and that we're talking about Salernitana right now. That are, you know, they're competitive. They're just not closing things out. So we'll yeah. see how Roma. Tricky match. You know, deals with that, and then they host Cali, then they host Inter before uh, returning to the Europa League against Feyenoord. So. Um, and then they're at Frosinone. So they, they're getting a pile of fixtures here that are winnable for them to help them accumulate some points and make them 
someone that you know a team that can can be you know back in contention for top four. Uh, so we'll just have to see how they manage and navigate their way through those games. Um, early, but, early, early overreaction. Um, yeah. We are you know a month or so away from Feyenoord. Under Mourinho, I think we both would have said, yeah, Roma are going to get past Feyenoord. Um, I am at at least presently. I'm, I don't obviously change my you know once once we get closer to the game, I'll reevaluate this obviously, but. Presently, I think you know the Feyenoord is probably going to get through it in that in that leg at the moment. Just yeah, I like Feyenoord there because Mourinho is Mourinho is very good in in, in European tournaments and and De Rossi is unproven. But we have time to go, and you know, hey, this team could be on a, on a roll here going into the Feyenoord match, and we could obviously think differently. But that's you know a month 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 and a half out or whatever it is. Uh, it, it certainly looks like maybe their focus will have to go back to City. Yeah, but hey, uh, I've been proven wrong many times before, so. The lineup that Dorosi puts out for that first leg in 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 Rotterdam is going to be uh, is going to be very telling of, yeah. of what their ambitions are in the Europa League. So, and I think Apex had the nail on the head too. You know, the concern certainly was the end of the game. It looked like Verona had a chance to come in where they looked so comfortable at the beginning, the two nothing lead, and then all of a sudden, you know, you let the team come back in and they started getting on momentum. Once the momentum swings in the game, it's hard to overcome it, and so. They need De Rossi and company need to do better handling that kind of adversity going down. Um, they know they can play the defense because they've done it in the past, but he needs to figure it out in front with his tactics how he wants to approach those games so that doesn't happen where you just lose complete control of the game and, and lose points where you should get three points. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So we'll have to see. Resilience from Milan. I mean, we talked about the incident. Um, you know... You know, certainly a distraction. You're away. You're down two one. Coming back, winning three two. You know, this is this is what campaigns are built on. Yeah, you got to be able finding a way to win games like this when it hasn't been your best. I mean, Pioli makes some good substitutions. He brings on Jovic. Jovic scores. He brings on Okafor. Okafor scores. Um, you know, this was a another another rough day for the Pioli out crowd because <laughs> he had to. You know, navigate yet you know you know a trying situation yeah. as it was unfolding and everything was fluid, um, and then having to dial up the right substitutions to to get it done. And um, you know, Milan fans, the entirety of them, not just the ones who have been loyal to Pioli and been loyal to the team, they need to just embrace the fact that this is a really good team. Okay that this is a really good team that had the misfortune of playing in an incredibly difficult Champions League group that any two teams could have gone through, that uh, have the misfortune of playing in a Serie A where, while they're really good, they're, they're one of the highest scoring teams in the league. There are two other teams, in the, the two other teams in front of them are playing absolutely lights out. Yes. These things happen, okay? And I just think that, Milan fans just need to embrace that this is a good team. This is a team that's going to win games. They're going to solidify their place for the Champions League next year. And just enjoy the ride and see where it goes. Let People need to get this thought in their head or, or this, this stat in their head. They are 11 points ahead of fourth place. Yeah. Like they are having a phenomenal season. Yes, so much adversity has gone this season, and yet they're still 11 points in ahead of the fourth place position. Yeah. And now they're within six points of Inter and seven of Juventus. Like they are starting to creep up now. Obviously, Juve and Inter are playing phenomenal, but if they were to slip up and Milan continue just being consistent, anything can happen. Uh, and what we're seeing now is that 
all these all these um, acquisitions that Milan made over the summer that that getting used to period is starting to get you know, team is starting to, to gel now the, really the only player that they bought that hasn't quite gotten to the to grips just yet in terms of like scoring and all that is Chukweze and he's over there mm-hmm. in, in Afcon right now maybe he finds his form there but everybody else pretty much is doing their job and so these are clearly the three best teams in, in Serie A at the moment uh, whether you like to say it or not it's true and you know all it takes is for Inter or Juve to slip up that Milan's right back into this champion and championship uh title hunt i'm not going to say it just quite yet just because inter and juve are on another level but they're within distance the facts say it they're six seven points behind the you know the top of the table so you know these are the three teams right here and i think as we said i don't know a month ago uh, when the whole pioli out clamor was going on is that milan is by far the third best team in the league there's no one even close to them and that's what it's showing out right now it's just they all three of them teams have been pulling away slowly from everyone else, and now it's going to be a dogfight for the last Champions League spot, and the, you know just basically all the European spots. So that's going to be the, the must-see TV for the rest of the season, I think. Yeah, it's you know Matteo Gabbia since coming back has been outstanding, um, and and has been you know helping fill a real position of need. You know, so having him back in the fold, Kiar struggled in this game against uh, Udinese, by the way. He was on skates on the Samarjic goal uh, in particular. Um, you know, so this, yeah, that, that all still needs to get sorted out. But you see the midfielders playing well. You've got some guys that can play and make through there, especially Rangers, who I think continues to get better and better in the midfield. You know, and you've got, you know, Leal may not be statistically getting it done, but he's getting it done in, 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 in terms of the buildup, in terms of, you know, in terms of the chance creation, gets an assist this weekend. Giroud gets another assist this weekend for all the Giroud haters out there. They had a, they had a rough day. I mean, they, I think there's just the fan, there's a, the fan base. I keep saying it. They just, they need to just chill out, realize that this is a really good team. Enjoy the ride. They host Bologna uh, here coming up. Um, who've been falling and, lately. Who've been falling. Yep. And who have been struggling. And I believe that it's on Sunday. No, that's on Saturday. Uh, so that's on Saturday. Uh, they travel to Frosinone uh, on February 3rd. Um, and then they host Napoli on the 11th before they play Ren, uh, the first leg against Ren. I, I seriously see nine points. Um, yep. You know, and I see that they continue to put pressure on the top two and distance, distance themselves further away from fourth and fifth. And guess what? February 2nd, Derby d'Italia. Something's going to give. There's points to be to be caught up with there, um, whether it's you know Juve or, or Inter win that match or it's a draw, and again if Milan get their nine points in these next few games, they're they're getting even closer to the top two, which is unreal. So here here at City, I sit down. We like to fact check. We also have Ahmed who helps with the fact checking. But we're gonna take Ali's word for this. Uh, he says that the summer acquisitions have accounted for 30 goals and assists so far this season. If that's actually the fact, uh, the actual statistic, that is amazing for a new, all the acquisitions that they had when everybody thought like, oh, they're not gonna do anything this year, and it's, they're, they're they're starting to show up, right? Ruben Loftus-Cheek has become a pivotal player. Reinders is a pivotal player, so um, they're getting their stuff together. So. Why am I missing that Inter game uh, in my schedule, in my slate here? When did you say that was? February 2nd. 2nd or 4th? 4th. February 4th. I've got them going to... Why do I have it saying it's going, going to throw Zinone in February 3rd on uh, SofaScore's website? That's weird. Okay, so February 4th. It is, if it's February 4th, so be it. I'm not, not disputing it. 
Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's on their uh, on on Lega Serie website. Uh, it's Inter Juve. I'm showing on the fourth April twentieth. They play Inter. Why is Sofa score screwed up? Yeah. Unless there's a change of schedule, I don't know. But Lega Serie website, February fourth, two forty five p.m. Eastern time. It's Inter hosting Juventus. So yeah. Maybe maybe we do a watch along. We'll see. It's still a few weeks away, but yeah. I'm just gonna look this up one more time. I'm just gonna try to look it up. The next one. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. Milan Inter next match. Uh, Inter are playing Juve on February 4th. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you, we were just talking about Milan. Oh, I, where the hell is my head? Are you drinking tonight? I had I had, I had a spot. I had a spot. Ahmed, where were you? You can't. <laughs> Where were you on that one? <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking. I'm saying Milan Inter. Is that, you said Derby. Okay, Derby d'Italia. I'm sitting here thinking Derby de, de, de la Madonna. No, no, no. I'm not looking for the. I'm not looking forward to that one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh gosh, gosh. Where the hell's my head? Okay, yeah. so yeah. So I'm sitting there like, well, where are you seeing Milan Inter? And they don't play each other till April 20th. And he said Derby d'Italia. I said for whatever reason, I thought I heard you say Derby de la Madonna. No, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we you know that's why we don't get paid. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Um, so anyway, so yeah, and that and then that yeah. So then the Derby d'Italia coming back to that. Now that I can try to save some face, you know what goes on in that game is gonna, you know, one of those teams either is gonna fall or if they share the points, that's two points Milan can pick up. Milan, the next Derby for Milan, it is a home game against Inter, but they do have to go uh, to the J. Uh, you know, so that's, you know, that's going to be interesting in and of itself. Uh, Juventus is now scoring goals. Mm-hmm. You watch, are you noticing this? I mean, yep. I mean, it's just, uh, Vlahovic three, too, it's Vlahovic too. Mostly. Five, not eight, only, 11, 11 goals in the last five games. That's not Allegri like, um, is he still there? But <laughs> he's still there yeah apparently he's just decided yeah we should probably try to score some goals here and then yeah. still and on top of that Evan only conceding 12 just not letting anybody score I mean this Juventus team is just more and more dangerous with each week and they continue to make their case that they could be the Scudetto winners this season and really overtake Inter we obviously got the Derby Derby d'Italia Juventus Inter coming up um... yes February 4th I'm, I'm ready now I got it <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I mean, like, obviously, UV are doing it right right now, where they're trying to figure out how to play solid defense and still score goals. They're going to need to beat this Inter team who can do both. Inter are fantastic scoring goals, and they can defend like, in, like nobody's business. Do you th- – yeah, and we're still ways away, and many things can happen in a couple weeks, but do you think Juventus has a good chance to beating Inter – in that matchup, not just going to draw or making a close. I'm talking about beating them because I think, you know, to win the Scudetto this year, they're going to have to beat Inter. Uh, a draw is not going to be good enough. I think both teams are too consistent, and it's those head-to-heads that they're going to have to get the win to get the Scudetto, in my opinion. What, what are your thoughts? A couple things that stand out to me when that game comes up here soon. Um, you know, for starters, uh, the game is it, the San Siro. Allegri's going to set up to let Inter have the ball. And for the longest time, we have said, how do you make Inter uncomfortable? You give them the ball. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that you've got to identify. And the other thing you got to identify is that 
when you give them the ball, you can counter them, and you can counter them through Vlaovic. You now have a kind of a dynamic take-on guy to partner with him up front in Yildiz. And when you don't have him, you have Chiesa. Um, and then I think that you know, now we have to make we have to recognize the emergence of Weston McKenney, not necessarily as a playmaker, but as that box-to-box bomber that can that can certainly be willing to join the attack and, and be the guy that trails all the forward runs and gets himself into good positions. Yeah. You know, the way he plays in those, is it crazy to, is it crazy to suggest that, you know, he's kind of like a Mkhitaryan 2.0 in those situations. Um, you know, he's not scoring as much as Mkhitaryan does in those, in those counterattacking moments. Um, or he's, a, he, he's a, Mkhitaryan with maybe a more complete midfield skill set, defending, ball winning, covering yeah. ground. Mkhitaryan is, is so fluid on the ball. He is majestic. That's the watch, one difference. You know? Yeah, that's that's where um, he stands out. McKenny, yes. it's hard to like compare like who he's who he's comparable to in the league. I mean, the first person that comes to mind for me is Leon Goretzka. Very similar box to box, likes to attack, has good defensive abilities. Oh, I don't mind that. Abilities. Yeah. But you, if you look in the league. It's really hard to say, like, who does he, you know, kind of line up with. Um, in the past, you could probably say a Frank Kessie type, right? Because uh, Frank Kessie was just a tank in that middle and would get up on the attack. But Frank didn't have the uh, offensive capabilities that Weston McKinney does. Um, I would think Frank. I think Frank. Frank had more physicality. Absolutely, he was a he was a he was a tank. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to say who. Who he's comparable? To. Like I said, Leon Goretzka jumped to my mind immediately. Um, you know, another guy I, I can kind of see, but he's he's miles better. Is Coop Miners? Coop Miners can do that defensive work. He can be a box to box, but he is just so immensely talented. He can do it all. He's absolutely an advanced attacker. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to pigeonhole Weston McKinney. He is a jack of all trades. Um, I obviously follow him for a long time, so I know him very well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's hard to say who who who. He's comparable to it in the league, honestly. I can ask Apex, uh, Michael, an old, a, a younger, a, a new version of Michael Essien. I mean, I'm trying to figure out where the comparison is when you're looking at McKenny right now with him as a player. Apex, let me know what what do you think. And I'm talking yeah. about Michael Essien at Chelsea. I'm Michael Essien at Milan. <laughs> Michael Essien at Milan was a broken, broken man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my. Um, so. Simon Zarkovsky just shows up and scores goals. You know, I mean, I just wonder if maybe he's back home. Yeah, if he just decided to get out of steady B hell, and now now he's on loan at Empoli and trying to prove himself. But uh, noteworthy, a a hat trick for him after scoring a goal the week before, and Empoli has fourteen goals in Serie A this season. Zarkovsky scored four of them. He's only been there for two games. (laughs) No, I know it's funny because like Zerkowski when he was there previously, we uh, you know when he's in Syria previously, we thought of him as you know this kid who could become a, a potentially a really good player. He left uh, his team gets relegated, goes to City B, and you know don't hear from him again. But now he's back, and I don't I, I don't know if he can get back to the potential we thought he had originally. But obviously he's got three goals in him. He's it's obviously a um, the new car smell, you know, just excited to be back, and he's just in the right place, right time. I don't expect him to keep this pace up, but you know, 
sometimes people players just need a the right venue um the right change and you know things will change I look at Weston McKinney right he was struggling for a while especially at Leeds he really wasn't doing much gets relegated gets to come back to Juventus and all of a sudden he's flourishing again Robbie Yo, Robbie Yo looked like he was all do, all but done for a guy who had all this momentous talent um and it feels like I'm just talking about Juventus here but uh Robbie Yo comes back and all of a sudden he just before the World Cup he goes on the tear and he's been on that tear ever since he's become that that, that quality player that we thought he was going to be when he was much younger so um mm-hmm. yeah it's, it'd be interesting to see yeah uh, Apex is, is with us here. Baby Eskin for sure. You know, Eskin way more physical or technically. For the, see, uh, all I had to do was just start na- naming every midfielder that ever played in world football, and I'd eventually get to one. Frank Lampard, um, Stephen Gerrard. Sonny Dean Zidane, no. <laughs> see, so that's, that's just it. So, um, At least you didn't say a young it, Jude Bellingham, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe Jude Bellingham's a, Jude Bellingham might be a young Weston McKinney. Just there you better. go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Oh, mercy. Uh, goals of the week. Did you make a list? I kind of did. I just didn't rank them. I did. I did. Uh, now I just got to find them. Um, I see. I was not prepared tonight, apparently. Uh, but here we go. Uh, my top five. I didn't think I was going to top five, but I ended up getting. Oh, I, I got. I got four. I got four. So. Uh, fourth for me is uh, Sule's free kick. Um, a very nice free kick there. Really well done by the youngster. Mm. Um, sticking with that matchup, number four for me, uh, Torati's goal line save and stoppage time against Pavoletti. Next, you know, a couple minutes later, they go and get the, get the, get the winner there. Uh, number two for me is Zerkowski's first goal, the volley. That's a difficult volley to get. Um, mm. Ask anybody. Uh, Vlahovic had a nice one this weekend as well, but Zurkowski, his first goal for me is um, number two. And number one, I love team goals. Uh, Serenitano deserves some love. Martagani uh, got that goal, but it was a beautiful team goal from you know the break. Simi started it off, and I think uh, Candrevo was involved and a couple others. Uh, so really well done by Serenitano. That's my goal of the week for me. Okay, um, I have five. I'm going to go with the Polaruncho goal for the consolation for Hellas Verona, number yep. five. Good individual goal there. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Samarjic's goal for Udinese at number four. Uh, just great individual effort. Put put Kiara on skates uh, and finished his chance there. Uh, I've got the Vlaovic volley uh, okay. in at number three. Really difficult technique. Um, you know, you got to get that shoulder down and you've got to get the foot on the right part of the ball, and he was able to make it work. Uh, the Zerkovsky volley, definitely more impressive, though. Uh, in terms of degree of difficulty and execution, so number two for me, and then I've got Matias Sule's free kick as my goal of the week. Fair enough. Uh, good shouts for also Pellegrini's goal as well as Lentiki. Yeah. Both of them yeah. had nice finishes. Lentiki was on my list, and then Bramer's header was also on my list. Yep, yep. Uh, for consideration, so there was enough. I mean, only six games. There's still enough goals to carve out a carve out a list. So yeah. uh, we're gonna get into the transfers, but let's just uh, you know a quick nod to a legend uh, who passed away. In Italian football, Gigi Riva, um, most known for uh, leading Cagliari to a Scudetto in 1970, but also is Italy's all-time leading scorer, 42 caps, 35 goals. Um, certainly a goal rate that is never, I mean, never going to be matched, uh, you know, in the, in, in, at least in our lifetime in the Italian national uh, team. Um, but the total number of goals themselves, 35, is that beatable, do you think? I I just think with the – I mean, another answer that I'm going to give in our lifetime, no. 
with the inconsistency of the striker position, but not only that, the turnover of the strikers in the Italian national team in terms of the number of games that they can have the opportunity to play in. The one thing that I would come back and say that there is a chance for an Italian striker to break this is that Italy, as a national team, is modernizing their game more. They are attacking more. You know, Gigi Riva did this in a lengthy era of Catanaccio, um, where really the striker was relied upon to bring all the goals. When you look at all of the Italy teams, I mean, you yeah. took Gigi Riva from those Italy teams, Schilacci with Italy in 1990. Um, I want to say it was uh, Vieri in 98. Um, and then I think again in 02. In 2006, I don't think anyone had Totti had two goals, and that led the team amazingly enough in winning the World Cup. Um, but now you're, you know, in an era where they're, where Italy's attacking or there's a chance, but I overall think 35 is going to be hard to top. Yeah, it's going to, it is going to be, well, it's not surprising that that's the number that's, uh, the, the all-time top scorer, because as you mentioned, Italy has been known for playing defensive football, almost a defensive hockey, defensive football, and that's what they prided themselves on, and we've kind of lost our ways from that aspect of it, and we are modernizing ourselves, and obviously having a manager like um, like Spalletti is going to help us help the, a striker, a striker get to that level, and, all, and just all the managers in general, you know, had Conte recently, and uh, you can imagine some of the guys will come in after Spalletti once his time is done with the Azzurri. It is more modern football for 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 Italian football, and so I think eventually will be. I mean, like Brazil with all the numbers that they had, their their all-time leading goal scorer number was like 75 or something, and Neymar broke that fairly easily because of the way they play and all the goals that they happen. So I imagine it will eventually be broken. Uh, by whom I don't know, and I don't know if it's anyone that's in the present team that can do it. Um, but like you said, it's consistency. It's hard. Like, how many great Italian strikers have we had? And, and you, you write all the names of some of them, you know, Del Piero and, and Totti and, and Baggio, those guys, and none of them ever got it. It has to be someone who's going to have a long career, right? Um, had, like, uh, Luca Toni started with, with this Azzurri at, from a young age and gone through, maybe he could have it, right? Because he, he has that, he's that poaching ability. But, yeah, it's going to be broken. Just don't know by who yet. And maybe one of these youngsters that we see in, in Italian football now will be the one to do that. But, um you know, I, I imagine a lot more goals coming in from the Azzurri compared to what was the past just because we're not focused on defense anymore. It's more about playing attractive and entertaining football and, and trying to get better results via that avenue versus the defensive route just because we don't have any uh, defensive horses like we've had generations uh, in, 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 in Italy. So, uh, yeah, it'll take time, but I don't know who will be. It'll be a mystery, man. Maybe it's Camarda. Maybe he's right. Can be. <laughs> I believe... I believe he was a, a pretty much a bandiera for uh, Cagliari. I mean, he played for Legnano uh, prior yeah. to that. Yeah. But uh, he spent 14, 14 seasons with Cagliari, 315 appearances, 164 goals. That, that Scudetto uh, winning team in 1970. Uh, they were a runner-up, I believe, the year before. Um, you know, so – and then he was part of the uh, World Cup runner-up team – uh, in 1970 as well, uh, you know, against that, they just ran into that buzzsaw of a Brazil team. Some guy named Pele in charge of that. I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with his work. It's um, it's funny how this came up today, and it, it maybe his timing is everything because obviously the rounds are going around about Osimhen with his interview with CBS Sports Colossal, where he's basically just saying, "This is my last season in City A, and I'm going to England." He, you know, in so many words, he didn't say it, but it, you know, he said it. 
Uh, and, you know, these days, players do not stay with one team. You know, there's the Totis of the world, the De Rossi's of the world. Those guys don't happen as much anymore. It's very few. Even Messi eventually left Barcelona, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so having a guy like uh, Gigi Riva stay with one club for so long, it's just something to be applauded with. And you're, it's going to be more rare to see than not these days when you have a, a talisman of him or a Totti stay with the one club for majority of their career uh, versus these guys just hop around looking for, you know, get to get, to, get their way to the top of the Mbappes, the, the Halans, um, the Bellinghams, all those kind of guys. Um, it's a, it's a new era of, of football and you really have to have a player who not only loves the football he's playing at, but the play, the city that he's at. Um, exactly. You know, so that's going to be hard to, I think, achieve. Though Di Natale was also one like like that, right? Berardi seems to be that one for for Sassuolo. Uh, if you want to put him in that that lineup, I don't wouldn't I wouldn't myself. But you know, it's going to be a rarity these days. Yep. Yep. We shall. Uh, you know, much respect to arguably. Uh, well, not argue, but certainly one of Italy's best players of all time. Yeah. If you wanted a all-time Italy national team for the ages, it's very hard to leave him off of it as the starting striker, uh, considering his record, not yeah. just for the national team, but also for his club. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, rest easy, Gigi. Uh, and, uh, you know, certainly before our time, but, uh, you know, a, a legend nonetheless. So. Moving on to transfers, um, you know our good friend Nicolo Schira or Shira. Somebody can tell. Somebody can go ahead and tell me that here at some point. Uh, let's just go through the rundown. Um, uh, a lot of clubs interested in Simic from Milan, but Milan looks it looks like they're going to be able to keep him and extend his contract until 2028. Um, let's see. Torino are monitoring Salernitana's center back in Italy U21 captain Lorenzo Pirola for the next season. And by monitoring, they're saying, well, we hope they go down so that we can get a bar- get him for a bargain. Um, Pirola's a good player and is going to find work at another club if Salernitana indeed does goes down, go down. Mm-hmm. So uh, not hard to say there. Uh, reaction to that news? I mean, just, I mean, Torino would be a really nice destination for him. They seem to do really well with defenders, don't they? They do, they do. Uh, you know, obviously, Bongiorno's name is getting touted around here, but yeah, no, Torino seems to be a place where defenders can uh, develop their skill set and then you know move on from there. And then, hey, it, the the mountains there in Turin seem to be a good place, a good breeding ground for defenders apparently these days. So, uh, yeah, I like I like it. Uh, Alessio Zerbin is going to go on loan to Monza from Napoli. That's noteworthy. I think wasn't it Zerbin that 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 had the that, that pretty much helped Napoli get to the Super Cup of Final. Yep, yep. If I'm not mistaken. So then, yeah, so he you know, makes an impression in his last uh, game. Um, we're going to have to get uh, some information on Vanessa Benamar, a center back who plays for Volendam in the Eredivisie, Genoa, Udinese, and Sassuolo, all interested. Hmm. Um, uh, looks like... Uh, Empoli are now trying to get convince Mbine Yang to join them. Uh, Genoa was initially interested, but it looks like they have backed off. Uh, Bakker has not quite gone to Monza yet. It looks like Rome is interested as well uh, for a loan, so that's interesting. Um, and uh, Matteo Lovato is uh, looking to leave Salernitana for Torino. Lovato not getting any pitch time. There, Giorgio Scalvini is going to extend his contract with Atalanta. Um, 
which will until twenty twenty eight. That's a that's big news. Uh, Elias Tavsan from NEC Nijmegen in the Eredivisie. He is joining Hellas Verona. Yeah, neither do we. Um, uh, so we'll have to get to learn him. Is this the diamond in the rough that they found a year ago at this time with Ngonja? We'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, uh, let's see. Uh, just kind of going down a little bit further. Um, Yeri Mina just never got any pitch time with Fiorentina. He's leaving. Yeah. Looks like he's heading to Olympiacos. Um, and uh, Keo Politano is going to extend his contract with Napoli. Talk that he might have been going to El Shabab. Uh, but it looks like he's going to extend until 2027 uh, with the partner pay. Uh, more news. Uh, Napoli are just grabbing randoms. Um, you know, Leander Dendonker, no. who astonishes me that he's still around. And uh, But he was... He's, he's going from being buried in Aston Villa's uh, bench to now being a Napoli player. So we'll see what that does. He'll be on a contract until 2028. Um, and then uh, that should be, as far as noteworthy ones, that's about the ones that will move the needle. Um, oh, and then there are talks that Nehuen Perez uh, could be going to Napoli uh, from Udinese. Oh. Uh, so that's another one that could uh, – any of those uh, catch your attention? Um, no, not really. I mean, we're, it's still early days yet. Uh, we still got about know, 10 plus days or yeah. maybe, maybe 10 days left in the, in the window. So we've always said this, there's not many huge moves go. I mean, then going to mm-hmm. still is being the one that's leading the way. Um, if the Samarchich one goes over the line for Napoli, that would also be a huge signing for them. But, um, yeah, these ones are just, they're okay. I mean, they're all, seem like depth type moves or, if you're a relegation team, you're it's something just trying to figure something out to throw shit against the wall and hoping something sticks that you can survive, right? So, uh, yeah, nothing really moved my needle so far. Hmm. Another uh, one that's uh, another Verona player. Another, I mean, they're just uh, they're grabbing guys from lower level era Divisie teams. Tiani Noslin, uh, Milan fans are probably having a heart attack. Tiani Reiner's really resentful. <laughs> no, Tiani so Noslin, Tellas Verona uh, from Fortuna Sitar. Uh, which I believe is that's Eredivisie. Yeah, that is Eredivisie. He's Dutch. Um, and uh, just a little interesting note here: uh, Marco Borriello is uh, now an agent. No, oh. so former striker. So we'll see uh, if he starts uh, gathering a roster of uh, players to represent. So did you mention Daniel the... Maldini Tamonza? Uh, we I thought we covered that last week. Maybe we did. So. I, I can't remember. Yep. So, <laughs> but I do remember, I do remember talking about that. So yeah, I, you, you guys are making some moves. Napoli's just trying to add some pieces, probably trying to get a little bit more depth, trying to figure it out with what's left. Um, you know, just from the looks of it, you know, they don't bringing in a couple of players that, you know, we're not terribly familiar with. We're going to have to do some homework on, but you know, we weren't overly familiar with Ngonja except for we, once we did do a little digging and, into what he did at Groningen before joining Ellis Verona, you realize this guy might be pretty good. Yep. Um, so, you know, they're going to the Eredivisie, well, at least a couple more times, hoping to uh, strike the same kind of gold here. So, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens. But still, I think their team is weaker with the amount of exits that they have. 
uh, had here over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, Popovich. Popovich, that's a yeah. The deal with Napoli collapsed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's my take on Popovich, at least from what I've been reading. Okay. Why would anyone want him right now? I mean, this he's big. It, it's. I mean, he's big. Yeah, fine. But it's been a three-ring circus for anyone to try to sign him. Agent demands, player demands, all this other stuff, and he's only 18. I mean, he hasn't proven anything to anybody. I, I'd, yeah. I'd let him be somebody else's problem at this point. I wouldn't go after him. What do you think? I, I always question when you have uh, agents who are demanding all these outrageous fees for a youngster who has been who's unproven. That's one exactly. thing. If that player was Neymar, when Neymar was coming from Brazil. He had all this hype for a good reason. You saw how he played. He had like hair deals and all this other shit. Uh, so that it makes sense. But when you're a player that has done nothing really, like you really not demanded that attention worldwide, like why are you making all these absurd, you know, requests and, and agent fees and agent demands and all that stuff and, and player fees? Like just get in with the team, get better, do a short term contract if that's the case. And if you feel you're getting better, then you make a, the demands on the next contract, you know. But uh, it's it just beyond me. Like I, I haven't seen anything of this kid yet that warrants that kind of uh the hype that the the agents and, and the team is trying to produce and it seems like more like a headache like you said than anything else and so like yeah let somebody else deal with it and you know if he starts becoming proving himself then you can try to deal with it but for something unproven you would get diamond in the rough it's not worth it not worth a hassle you know yeah well uh we'll see someone's gonna have to deal with that so ollie's saying Neymar actually won something Neymar's yeah. the only player of this example that actually ever did anything of significance in my opinion so yeah and there have been a lot of players that were they were like this so yeah. um so we'll you know we'll see so all right well uh we've we've covered it all we just have one thing left the world's most popular hashtag game who won calcio twitter anyway if my mouse is working i can get this to work you know it's technology today is technology night right so uh that's how it's gonna right. work but let's get on here with that uh We'll start things off with, uh, for, well, the original tweet was from Antonio Rudy Guedes said, um, and it's Paulo Di Cano of, of, of all people uh, being reasonable with, with the racism comments with, with stuff that was going on in Udinese. And so Uncle Sharma was like, wait, how is Di Cano the voice of reason against racism? Mr. Uh, saluting uh, for, for Lazio in, in the derbies and all this other stuff, uh, mm -hmm. infamously. So pretty funny, pretty funny yep. that uh, about that. <laughs> You know, it's just bad when when Dikanya is getting you, uh, was, was calling you out on it. So, yep. All right, moving on to the next one. Um, I think what we're trying to look for here is uh, Perisic is saying that a journalist is having a meltdown because he didn't get an accreditation certificate. A so, full moon emoji, emoji from Twitter user Thomas. Okay, this was so never in my twenty twenty four bingo card. Yeah, so FC, FCIM Thomas, uh, Thomas is an Interista, he runs Inter, Inter Extra, and he has this thing when he, when he puts out the, um, you know, the reporting of, of different reporters, he'll put a moon emoji, and if it's a full moon, it means 100% confident in them, and depending on how big the moon is, is how much confidence. So he gave only like a partially, like a three-quarters full moon, meaning he doesn't, he's not totally trustworthy of this, of this um, reporter. Well, this reporter, uh, Pasquale Guaro, was like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he always giving me, he's never giving me a full star. Why does he trust me? And he's like having this meltdown about just a, a kid who's running this page and like, dude, calm the hell down. Like what the hell? Why are you obsessed with this? Worry about your job. And it's, it's, it's hilarious that this reporter is going nuts over this, uh, about this one person who 
It's just saying, hey, I'm just reporting the news uh, for from one of my favorite team, and this is what I consider his um his credibility like, you know. And so I was like, what the fuck? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Nerdy uh is nominated again. What else is new? Uh, the TL right now. This was after uh, Inter, Inter won the Supercopa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all the, everyone else's fans crying. Napoli, Milan, Juvel uh, crying. <laughs> uh, the videos last week were better. All right. Uh, speaking of FCIM, Thomas, uh, he's here. It says Peter Zelensky <laughs> coming to the Inter dressing room to celebrate the Supercopa. <laughs> <laughs> Roy Williams never gets old. Never gets old. Uh, no. And then uh, one more. Uh, from Huyan, uh, it says new profile pick Marota League. <laughs> <laughs> very creative. I don't know if you made it or not, but that's that's very creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Oh my goodness! Uh, so I think it's between Huyan and uh, FCIM Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, rough week, rough week for Huyan Calter Twitter. It is. It is. But it's, it's hard it's to live. Week. It's Inter's week this week, right? So after, after we after what we had a couple weeks ago, uh, it's kind of hard to live up to that. So no, it is. It is. Uh, I don't know. This is a tough one. This is a tough one for me. Um, I like the creativity by Huyan, uh, uh, but Roy uh, <laughs> Williams. That's a great. That's a great video. By I'm, a, I, I, I'm with you. I'm not, that, that's the winner for me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to me. Good to me. So I will go ahead and repost this while you guys go. You go ahead and talk to the people. All right. Well, first of all, everyone who came in the chat tonight, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, If you haven't done so yet, make sure you leave a like on our YouTube page. But uh, no, thank you guys again for uh, making this this conversation lively with all all the topics we've discussed today. Um, Yeah. We, uh, we are all over social media. We are, You can be obviously found on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, we're there. Same thing with our podcast. You can listen to it everywhere, uh, everywhere across uh, where you stream music and uh, stream podcasts. But, uh, yeah, it's an it's, it's exciting time here. Um, big game on the horizon here. I, you know, We've been talking for a long time about possibly um, doing a watch along and, and this and that. And so we haven't discussed this yet, Frank. But, you know, we do have the Derby d'Italia, February yeah. 4th, coming up. And maybe that's a good chance to do it. We'll see. We have to look at our schedules with our with our with our regular lives with our families, see if it's possible. But uh, that that might be a good game to do it there. With so much on the line between Inter and Juventus, so agree. You know, keep an eye on for that. We'll we'll let you guys know in the coming weeks uh, if that is coming to fruition or not. But uh, we'll we'll aim for that. Well, I will have to ask you to uh, retweet that uh, uh, FCI at Thomas. I am having a difficult time getting my Twitter to load. So um, we'll do. We'll do. So if you don't doing that, that'd be great. Uh, so, you know, everything Richard said and uh, just uh, the chat was amazing again. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, we will um, we'll consider a watch along or to, to try to come up with something to, to make that work if we can do it. Um, uh, but we'll, uh, I guess, put a bow on this edition of Teddy Sit Down, uh, where we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there are podcasts. There is Steady Out Sit Down. Uh, at Steady Out Sit Down on Twitter. Uh, at Steady Out Sit Down on Instagram. Check us out there. Send us some comments. Send us some uh, questions, uh, some ideas for future podcasts. We always appreciate that. Uh, also, you can catch us on Facebook as well. Um, YouTube. This is a YouTube channel. Uh, if you're watching for the first time and if you had a good time, you enjoyed it, you know you did. 
hit the subscribe button, drop a like, and hit that notification bell, most importantly, so that you know when we are back on the air. And it's generally Tuesdays around 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, personal life conflicts had us delayed the start of this show uh, just a few minutes. Uh, well, it ended up being about a half an hour, but nonetheless, here we are. Now, we, you know, <laughs> these things happen. That's right. Um, so, uh, so definitely be in tune there. And then also you can check out the page, pl- plenty of videos, plenty of past podcasts. You can check it out. Uh, nine away from 300 now, Richard. Yeah, this is 291. Man, I, I'm losing count. Oh, wow. I can't count that high. I can't count that high. It's going to be hard. It's, it's getting close. It's getting frighteningly close. Mm. So, uh, we're going to have another blockbuster edition. Uh, for another for number three hundred, which I believe, if we continue on this course of Tuesday, will be March twenty sixth. Oh, okay. So it won't so, be a St. Patty's Day edition, huh? Won't no. be on your birthday there. We won't have a twelve hour uh, stream session, I guess not. <laughs> and let's see. So today's 291, 92. Hang on, three, four, five, six. Yeah, the, yeah, three hundred will be on March twenty sixth. Okay. Tuesday, March twenty sixth. So we will have uh, we will have that to look forward to. I'll so, call out the next um, day. So what's that? I'll call out the next day just in case. Yep. <laughs> so we may even have to. Maybe we'll do that on a Sunday as a special. Oh, so, there you go. Uh, we'll you know so that we can have a little more time, get some more guests on, and, and things like that. But nonetheless, um, want to thank everybody. Thank the chat once again. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to us. We will be back with you guys next Tuesday night, 9 p.m. East. Yes, sir. Until then, enjoy the week. Enjoy the calcio coming up this weekend. And as always, tell your paisans about us. Ciao. Lo mette in mezzo la caccia di Lorenzo e la voleva passare.